Hi, friends. I am so excited to be doing this episode. This is something I think about a lot when I'm doing my Tuesday tips. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, on Tuesdays, I record a reel typically where I, okay, I say typically, I stopped doing it for a couple of months, but I'm back in the swing of things. And I love doing them because they're typically, well, they have to be short little blurbs. And I try to make them really actionable and either mistakes or frequently asked questions that I get. And so all of these, I believe, have been featured on Tuesday Tips, but now I'm like rounding them up and bringing them together for this episode, the top five mistakes that course creators and coaches make in lead generation. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. I'm your host, Jenzea, and this is a Saturday strategy session where my goal is to bring you practical marketing strategies that you can implement into your business right away. Let's jump in. Mistake number one is just not doing it, not doing any sort of lead generation at all. Maybe they're doing it passively. Like they have lead magnets available. They're on, if there's an opt-in on their website. There's links in the bio, but they're not actively promoting their lead magnet. And I 100% am guilty of this. I have lead magnets available. There are people who opt into them on a regular-ish basis. But for a while, I wasn't doing any sort of active lead generation. Now, I do want to make the distinction that in this episode today, we are I am specifically talking about course creators and people who have group programs, memberships. These are one-to-many models. Coaches and service providers may have a one-to-one model, and when you have a one-to-one model, you don't need to do as much lead generation because you're able to sell to one person and you don't need to be consistently selling to many, many people. Those one-to-many models, often you need more leads and to be continually bringing in new leads so you can be continually nurturing them so you can continually be making sales. And we're gonna talk about that in just a second, but I did want to kind of pause and just make that differentiator that if you have a one-to-one model, then you may be relying more on building relationships in a one-to-one capacity, referrals. Um, You may not need to rely on an email list. I know many service providers that don't have an email list. I know many coaches that don't have email lists, and that's totally fine if you have that one-to-one model. Okay, so if you have a one-to-many model and you have like a, a course, a group program, a membership, a mastermind, The first mistake is not doing any sort of lead generation. I know you're probably shocked by this, but if you're not trying to generate leads, you probably won't, right? And I don't really care (laughs) why. (laughs) You can give me all the excuses in the book. Not trying to generate leads is gonna result in not generating leads, right? And that's where your problem lies. And I've talked about this before, buying cycles are getting longer. It used to take anywhere from an hour on a webinar 
two, three, six weeks, maybe 12 weeks, so three months for somebody to find you, learn about your program, and buy from you. It could happen really, really quickly. And now, recently, in 2023, buying cycles are getting longer. Three is really short now, but like six to 12 months is probably the norm that somebody is going to be sitting on their email list, consuming your content before they really feel confident and comfortable trusting you. And to get them from never having heard of you before to buyer, they need touch points. And there are micro touch points, there are macro touch points, and there's kind of like a middle ground of touch points. So I've heard that it takes anywhere from 40 to 50 micro touch points before someone will be ready to buy from you and like seven to 14 macro touch points. Let's talk about the difference between these. A micro touch point is something so small, the other person, like the audience member, the buyer, might not even realize that it's a touch point. It's something like seeing your name in their inbox, scrolling on Instagram, seeing a post that you put out, and not even reading the the caption. It could be watching 15 seconds of your reel as they're scrolling through 50, 60, 70 reels, watching TV at the end of the day, right? Their brain isn't really consciously taking in that it's a touch point with you, but subconsciously, especially if you have really on-point branding and it's easily recognizable, then subconsciously they might be collecting those. And hopefully they are because that's what takes them to those like mid-range touch points where they might read the caption. They might watch your reel a couple of times. They might actually open your email and skim it. And then that takes us to those macro touch points, which are reading your email and replying or sharing your podcast episode or your blog with people, whether it's like just emailing it to somebody or sharing it on their stories, but they're actually consuming the content and then sharing it with other people. It could be commenting on your Instagram post or sending you a DM. And those are like those really big touch points. And so the more touch points that someone has, the faster they're likely to go through that buying cycle of never having heard of you to buying. And so by having those touch points, you can shorten that time period. So you're not doing any lead generation. You're not bringing in any new leads. Eventually, all the leads that you currently have will have gone through that buying cycle, had all the touch points they need, and either bought from you or just are never going to buy from you. And that's totally fine. I'm not saying that there's a problem with people being on your list and never buying. There's always going to be people. I'm still subscribed to some newsletters about babies. I have a three and a four-year-old. I don't need to know about changing diapers anymore. We are, thank goodness, out of that stage, right? I don't need to know about warming milk up in the bottles anymore. We are out of that stage. They get cold milk in a cup with a straw, right? (laughs) Like, That's just the phase of life that we're in. But I'm still subscribed to those newsletters because I haven't unsubscribed to them. Who knows why, right? So the other combined error here potentially is not curating those touch points. And actually, I'm gonna pause on that because when we get to mistake number three, I'll come back to that because it is definitely part of mistake number three. So mistake number one is just not doing any lead generation. Step number two is not properly taking advantage of your thank you page. And I've definitely talked about this before. This is actually 
one of the emails in my welcome sequence. If you listen to last week's episode, I talked all about my brand new welcome sequence. This was one of the things that's in my welcome sequence, and that is making sure you're using that thank you page. When somebody opts into your freebie, they're saying, yes, I'm interested in what you have. What next? And if your thank you page just says, go check your inbox, it's like, oh, okay. I want a next step. What should I do next? Should I go join a Facebook group? Should I go consume a piece of content, listen to a podcast or a blog and linking to a very specific episode? Should I book a call with you? Like, what is my next step? This next step can be free. All the ones I just offered were free or it could be paid like a tripwire. So like a 27 or 37 or $47 offer, buying into that. If you're running ads, I do recommend that you have a tripwire as your thank you page because it helps to offset the cost of your ads. I wouldn't say that that's a mistake that people are doing if you don't have a tripwire, but I, I recommend it because if you're spending, let's say, $30 a day on your lead generation ads, you're growing your list, and then one person buys your $27 product, well, instead of spending $30, you kind of only just spent three and you recouped $27. And so having that tripwire is a really great way to reduce your ad spend. Okay, mistake number three in lead generation that course creators and coaches are making is not reverse engineering their lead magnet within their customer journey ecosystem. And so I use a lot of fancy words there, reverse engineer, ecosystem. (laughs) But basically all I mean is thinking about what you have to sell first or what is the offer first and then creating their lead magnet and their lead generation strategy with that offer in mind. Because you, the people that come onto your email list, you want them to be potential buyers. And so very often people create this and they create that and they make a freebie and they come up with an offer and then this and then a different freebie and then they come up with a different offer and things are all disjointed and just patched together. So what works so much better is if you really think about that offer, what you're trying to sell and create a lead magnet that directly pushes people towards the purchase and brings potential buyers onto your list. And then as the ecosystem, that includes your social media content, your relationship building, it includes your long form content, so your podcast or your blog or your video content. And so considering that lead magnet within the content that you're creating and what content can you now create that will get new people into your your world, into your circle that will get them interested in downloading that freebie or signing up for that freebie? And then what content can you create that will nurture those potential buyers that are now on your email list to actually making the purchase? And so thinking about it as an ecosystem that all needs to work together. And the most successful way to do that is by starting with what you're selling, then creating the lead magnet, and then considering the content that you're going to make around those two things helps everything to work together and run really, really smoothly. Okay, mistake number four that is made in lead generation is not having a welcome sequence or having a welcome sequence that has no purpose. So let's talk about the welcome sequence that actually, let's talk about no welcome sequence first. So 
if you don't have a welcome sequence, especially if you're running ads, but really any sort of lead generation that you could be doing, you're ghosting those new leads. And we talked about it already. I actually never came back to it in point three. So we'll talk about it now. They need those touch points. They need the micro touch points. They need the macro touch points to go from never having heard of you before to buying from you. And so right at the very beginning of their journey, they've signed up for your freebie. They're really eager. They're really excited. Is a really great time to get some of those macro touch points in because as you would imagine, macro touch points are more powerful than micro touch points. And so right at the very beginning of the journey, sending out that welcome sequence when they know who you are, they're excited about the freebie, and they're much more likely to think about opening your emails is, again, a really great way to get those initial touch points in. If you don't send anything out, maybe you deliver the freebie and then nothing else, your name's going to show up in their inbox and maybe they remember who you are, maybe they don't. If they don't remember who you are, eventually they will just unsubscribe. If they remember who you are, then those could be micro touch points. And for like three to six months, your name might just show up in the inbox, show up in the inbox, show up in the inbox and be a micro touch point, micro touch point, right? And yes, micro touch points are great because they do shorten the buying cycle, but those macro touch points are much more important. And so by having a welcome sequence, getting people to consume your content in the habit of opening your emails right away gets those macro touch points to become part of their experience with you, part of the journey, something that they consistently do. I don't want you wasting money. So especially if you're running ads, having that welcome sequence is essential. If you ghost people and they forget about you, that ad spend money was wasted. So please don't do that. Your welcome sequence is a really great chance to introduce yourself, introduce your offer, make a really good impression, start making connections, and position yourself as an expert. So that's part of the reason why I want there to be like purpose to your welcome sequence. I already mentioned this, but I'm going to say it again. Last week, episode 147, I talked all about my new updated welcome sequence and I think I did a really good job. I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I think I did a really good job of balancing, making connections, sharing content, but also telling people like, you can work with me, book a call to work with me. And then the other one was the tripwire, the, the, my toolkit and reminding people that it was for sale. And this is how you buy it. And the main purpose, the main purpose of my email sequence was to sell the toolkits and put it in people's mind that they can work with me. The main goal was not get them to work with me. That was like a, in the back of their mind, I want them to remember that when they're ready to hand off their ads, hey, I'm here. And so it's okay to have like that main purpose and a backup purpose, but just having a purpose and you wanna sell, right? You want something to sell, whether it's mentioning that tripwire again, or if it's talking about your bigger services or your course, whatever it might be, I do think that lower ticket offers work better because these people have never heard of you before and it's harder and harder to get someone to just like open their wallet, spend $500 on someone they've never heard of before, but spending $10, $20, $30 can be a lot easier and it's an easier yes. Show them that you're an expert, that you know exactly what you're talking about and that will get them, again, even more of those macro touch points that we're wanting. Okay. Tip number five, this is the last one. 
And that is ignoring the numbers, ignoring the data, which is especially important if things aren't going well, but you might not even know how things are going if you're not paying attention to the numbers and data. So in that toolkit, my Tripwire toolkit, one of the resources that's available is actually a flow chart for lead generation ads. And like the first question is, what is your cost per lead goal? Are you achieving this goal? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, it takes you through, I think it's like five different steps and pieces of data to look at and numbers to look at and say like, is your cost per click or yeah, your uh, click-through rate? What's that? What's your cost per click? What's your uh, landing page conversion rate? Like what are all of these different pieces of information? Because that can help you to determine what your next step is. Do you need to look at the ad copy or the images or the landing page or like where is it that things are going wrong so that you can fix them? Now, if you notice, let's look at a really, really, really simple lead generation funnel. It starts with an ad that takes people to a landing page. When someone opts in, it goes to a thank you page and an email delivers the freebie, okay? So with the ad, for each of these steps, you wanna be looking at one data point only one. There's other ones that'll be around that you can consider and you can track or whatever, but there's going to be one major data point that you really consider that tells you if people are doing what you want them to do at that step. So the ad, I want people to click on the link to go to the landing page. The landing page, I want people to opt in. And then the email, I want them to open it right? So those are my metrics that I really am going to take into consideration. So with the ad, I might be looking at click-through rate. Is my click-through rate at least 1%? Yes or no. And that tells me if the landing or the ad is working. For the landing page, is my conversion rate at least 30%? Yes or no. And that tells me if the landing page is working. And then with the delivery email, the open rate for these is typically pretty high. So you might say like, is my open rate at least 50%? Yes or no. And that tells you. Now, let's just say none of them are working. People aren't clicking on the ad, but if they do, they're not opting in. And if they do opt in, they're not opening the email, right? So like, let's just say a thousand people click on or see the ad and one person makes it all the way through and you're like, oh, nobody's doing the things I want. There's two different ways you can go about solving the problem. You can go top down. And so that would be fixing the ad first and then the landing page, and then the email. Or you might decide, okay, well, the biggest problem here is the landing page. I really, really, really want to get the landing page converting before I start pushing more traffic through. So you fix the biggest problem first. It doesn't really matter if you go top down or biggest problem first, as long as you're working through each of the problems and solving them so that you can get the ad and the funnel, the lead generation, working. Okay. So just to recap the five mistakes that I see course creators and coaches with those one to many programs, the mistakes that I see them making with their lead generation are number one, straight up, just not doing it. No lead generation intentional is happening and it should be happening every single day. Number two, they're not using their thank you page effectively. You absolutely 100% should have a next step on that landing page so that the person continues in momentum. Number three, not reverse engineering 
the lead generation within their ecosystem. So that means thinking about the offer to create that lead magnet and then creating the content that works with that lead magnet and the offer. Number four is either no welcome sequence, and obviously the solution is having a welcome sequence, or if you have a welcome sequence, but it doesn't have a purpose. And so combined, the solution is having a welcome sequence with a purpose, selling something and or just making sure they are aware of what you do sell so that when they're ready to buy, they're going to come to you. And the final mistake, mistake number five, is ignoring the numbers and the data, especially if things aren't going well. So thank you so much for being here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will be back in your ears next week with another Saturday strategy session. Thank you for listening to this episode of Market Scale Grow. Every week on Saturdays, we release a new Saturday strategy session, sometimes with amazing guests. And I'm so thankful that you've taken some time out of your busy schedule to make me part of your journey. If you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and then head to your favorite podcast app to subscribe so that you won't miss next week's episode or any of the upcoming ones. And if you loved it, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find this podcast and we can impact teachers and teacher business owners around the world. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back in your ears next week with another Saturday strategy session.